For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with best-selling author, speaker, and motivational coach, April Joy Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and a single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she's gone from tragedy to triumph. She'll help you to do the same. Get empowered by taking a holistic approach. Now, here is your host, April Joy Ford. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode here on You're Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Our episode today, or this week, I shall say, is with my guest, Olympia LaPointe. And we're going to be talking about reprogramming your brain to overcome fear. And before we get into today's episode segment, let's say hello to some of our global loyal listeners out there. I do love each listener for tuning in each and every week. I recognize that each listener is a life and each life does matter. I know you guys are seeking answers and solutions to your situations and setbacks and I'm glad you tuned in today to get some more insight on tools and truth to get empowered. I know sometimes we can feel alone when there, when we're in that dark tunnel of adversity that nobody else really understands us, but know that you're not alone and that there is hope. And I'm here to say that there's golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you that curveball and even you can still experience joy. So I believe on taking a holistic approach to be able to break through your barriers. So this show will bring on expert guests to help guide you on creating a blueprint and roadmap. So if you're ready to do that for yourself, get your free downloadable copy of You're Not Alone at myjoyagain.com or text the keyword joy to 38470. So again, our episode today is reprogramming your brain to overcome fear. Often called the new Einstein, Olivia LaPointe is best known for her role as an award-winning rocket scientist, science entertainer, and educator driving to help people overcome fear. As an internationally recognized science leader, LaPointe helped launch NASA's Endeavor, Discovery, Columbia, Atlantis space shuttles, and she successfully helped launch 28 space shuttle missions into space. She won the 2004 Boeing Company Professional Excellence Award and the 2003 Engineer of the Year Modern Day Technology Leader Award. Mathophobia, How to Overcome Your Math Fears and Become a Rocket Scientist, is her debut self-help educational book designed to empower adults and help students ace STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math education. Welcome, Miss Rocket Scientist. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, April, for uh, having me on your show. I'm so excited to be on your show. Well, Olympia, do you want to say hello to any of our global listeners out there? Um, I'll just name a few regions, cities. Um, you just want to 
shout out their names, that's fine. We've got the United Kingdom, online, Cambodia, France, Bangladesh, New Zealand, Vietnam, Singapore, Japan, Norway. And also we've got France, Dominican Republic, Sweden, Turkey, Czech Republic, Spain, Denmark. And the list continues on and on. And of course, here in the United States as well. Is there anybody that you'd like to say hello to? Oh, yes. I'd like to say hello to my mommy. <laughs> my, my mother's listening out there and I say hello to every single person in every single country that is listening and tuning in to the show here uh, and I'm just so thankful for that but I have a special shout out to my mommy she is like my mother is like my one number one supporter and without her I would not have been able to come this far so I a special shout out to my mother there you go. Smart answer. Always put mom on the list. Number one on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so tell our audience, Olympia, who was Olympia before she became this award-winning rocket scientist? That's an excellent, excellent question, April. Uh, it's so funny. People usually uh, think that uh, after they see my talk, my TED talk, Reprogramming Your Brain to Overcome Fear, or read my book, Mathophobia, or even listen to my uh, my talk show, Answers Unleashed, people always assume that I had it always up together. People would assume that I knew all the time how to solve problems. They knew they, they assumed that I knew how to always do mathematics. They assumed that this was just a part of the plan of my development. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I experienced the exact opposite of what you could imagine growing up. And if anything, I had to grow to this level of success because it was never, ever presented to me in that process or in growing up. Um, When I was a a young person, I grew up in an inner city area. Uh, we were living in poverty. We had very little money uh, for food. Uh, we basically had just a roof over our head, and it was very difficult. And I was also in a situation where I wasn't uh, planning to go to college, per se. It was, it was a luxury if you could get home from school alive. Wow. That's how it was. Mm-hmm. And, and I was in this area. And I uh, always loved math, and I always loved science, and it was because of a, a field trip when I was in first, first grade that I went to the Jet Propulsion Laboratory here in Los Angeles, California, specifically in Pasadena, California. And when I went to that field trip, I saw these jet engines, and I saw these planes, and I told myself I wanted to be a rocket scientist, not recognizing how much work it was going to take <laughs> to get to that point, especially given where I, I had grown up. And I, I decided I was going to do that. But all these challenges came into my way. Uh, I was in, in those of you that watch my TED Talk, Reprogram Your Brain, Overcome Fear. You saw that I was uh, in a classroom where my face was sliced open by a gang member. And that was very traumatic. And my mother pulled me out of school. And mm-hmm. she put me into a school completely on the other side of town. But since that emotional trauma, that manifested itself as fear in my life, that started taking over the way that I thought about my own success. Not only was I reminded at the time of the scar that was on my face, which thankfully it has naturally disappeared without any type of uh, plastic surgery, which I'm so thankful. But mm-hmm. when, when I would look at the mirror and then go to my classes and be placed into the school all, all the way on the other side of town, 
I recognized that I, I felt inadequate. I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. And I started failing mathematics at the time. I, I failed algebra. I failed geometry. I failed calculus and chemistry. And did you think and when you it, said you were able to recognize your your maybe lack of confidence or inaccuracy, did you think that that was tied to your emotional fear that you said to, from the trauma that that occurred? It was that excellent question. It was it was attached to several things. It was attached to environmental uh, fear. It was attached to educational fear. It was attached to physical fear, uh, physical as in uh, physical things uh, occurring. And I didn't recognize that that was crippling me until I was tutored by a teacher in my 11th grade classroom. And he volunteered himself, and he said that anyone that wanted tutoring before the AP Cadmus test, he would volunteer his time to come in, and we would go in, and we would tutor with him. And he said that he volunteered his time. And that was a miracle for me, because here I was, this kid, without much money, Mm -hmm. very little. I had to borrow money to catch the bus each day. And I remember catching the bus two hours each way just to sit with him for one hour. And I, and I thought to myself, surely there'll be other people doing this. And there's no one there. It was just myself. And oh, you had a private tutor then. Ever. I know. I know. Wow. It was amazing. That was the first time ever I had sat down with someone and I had an opportunity to see how brilliant my brain worked. And there's so many other kids, there's so many other adults, there's so many other people out there who do not know how brilliantly their brain works because no one has ever exposed to them how brilliant they are. And when I sat down with this one teacher, uh, Mr. Provencio, I remember his name, (laughs) I will always remember his name, that was the first time ever that I had an understanding that I had to remove fear from my life. Wow. Well, let's back up, Olympia, because you brought on a good point at the very beginning as you shared your story. When people, like you said, they automatically assume this. They automatically assume that you were just this baby Einstein that, you know, had it together with math and in science. You just came out like this. But in actuality, like you said, you had to go through a process of growing and learning, but don't you think that even then, once you became the award-winning rocket scientist, that people still had this paradigm thinking of what a scientist looked like? Because I got that because my background is in engineering as well, and I can kind of see when I you tell people, "Yeah, I used to be an engineer," and you can kind of read their their expressions and their thoughts. They're like, "Well, you don't look like an engineer." <laughs> Like, what's an engineer supposed to look like? What's a rocket scientist? I so appreciate that background about you. Uh, That's uh, very fascinating. What I recognize is that as I had to overcome those particular issues as a child and as a a teen, as, as a young adult in college, I recognize that those skills and abilities of overcoming the fears at the smallest level allowed me to be able to tackle fears at a much larger level. And we, have, we must never take for granted accomplishments. With, let's say small accomplishments. Let's say a person is at 
um, a position where they're depressed on a daily basis. And it takes so much effort for them to get out of bed and for them to carry on a daily life. If, if it is a simple thing of being able to pay a bill on time or, or above time or, or before time or take a walk around the block or, or do something that changes the pattern, changes the flow, changes the cycle of fear, that's when the brain has an opportunity to reshape. And, and I talk about this in my book, Mathophobia, and also in my TED Talk, is that we have to first identify what the fear is. Then second, what we have to do is reprogram our brains with completely different thoughts. And then once we do that, we have to take action in coordination with those thoughts. So literally the brain and the body can reshape itself so it operates in a way of success. And that's what I had to learn the long way. Wow. And so and I'm so passionate about sharing this through my radio show, Answers Unleashed, and through the speaking that I do, is that we have to first identify what the fears are so we can remove them. Fear is not something that is naturally part of someone's system. Mm-hmm. Fear is not something that people... People are under the assumption that, oh, it's just natural to be scared of that, or it's natural to be scared of public speaking, or it's natural to be scared of mathematics, or it's natural to be scared of you fill in the blank. Yeah. That's well, not let's, Olivia, let's hold that thought, and yeah. I really want to dive deeper into your three-step formula, as you um, briefly mentioned, mm-hmm. but really go into it after we come back from these break, and I want our audience to start taking some notes on what are some of the fears, because like you mentioned, the first is to really um, name your fear, which is really recognizing what your fear is to be able to face it. So when we come back from the break, we're going to dive deeper into Olympia's three-step process. Sounds great. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you have adversity or challenges in your life weighing you down? Are you sick and tired of feeling depressed, down, and just plain unhappy? Get yourself out of this rut. Take action. Break through the barriers in your life and gain the confidence that you deserve by downloading the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, at MyJoyAgain.com. This book will help you to create your own blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoy life, and feel empowered that you can face anything that is in front of you. Visit MyJoyAgain.com for the free ebook or text to 38470. The keyword, joy. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? 
Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. Our episode this week is with my guest, Olympia LaPointe. She is often called the new Einstein. She's been featured on TED Talk as well as some other national media, international, I should say, on reprogramming your brain to overcome fear. So in this segment, before we dive into um, what she calls her three-step formula and how to overcome fear, I wanted to recap what we talked about just before the break because she did mention she um, had a couple inspirational turning points in her life, such as the, what was it, your first grade field trip? Olympia when you went to the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Yeah. yeah, and that sparked a memory within me. I think I was in, gosh, some, somewhere in, in middle school, seventh or eighth grade, where um, we took a field trip to the Kennedy Space Center in Florida, and this is with my MESA group. MESA is kind of like STEM, MESA's for math, engineering, science achievements, and that you know, ignited an interest within me. At that point in my childhood, I wanted to be either an astronaut or an air traffic controller or a news anchor. I just didn't know what to be at at seventh or eighth <laughs> grade. But, it, you know, it kind of sparked that interest. And I think that's really important with our kids and our youth is really experiencing or exposing them to what's possible. Like you said, your tutor was very pivotal in helping you just kind of show you on how brilliant you really are. But if you didn't have somebody to show you um, some of the areas that you can tap into with yourself, I mean, where would you be now? Uh, that's, a, that's so true. I, 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 I'm a firm believer that people, especially young people, uh, would benefit from mentors. And that was something that really helped me out is that I had someone who sat down with me and showed me how to process things, how to think about things, how to solve problems. And had he not been in my life, I, I, I'm not quite sure if our, my life would have had the trajectory that it has had and had mm-hmm. uh, it's been going through for the last 25 years after that. Right, right. And now yourself, you are also a role model to um, mainly women, but not just women, but also boys and girls out there. But you play a, a pivotal 
you know, impactful role being a woman who is, you know, in the field of science and math, which typically is a, you know, a, a female dominated um, area. Yes. Um, I, I'm so thankful. I've had the opportunity to uh, network and meet so many amazing people across the nation and, and overseas who have really been touched by my personal story that I share in the TED Talk. And I did not realize how important it was for people to be able to see uh, a woman of color. And I say that because it, it in uh, a statistic, it was one out of 31,000 African-American women get a PhD in the sciences or mathematics. And it's even wow. smaller probabilities for someone to become a rocket scientist. And so mm. when I saw that statistic and it, it just hit me. I had a better chance of being hit by lightning twice <laughs> wow. than become a, a, a rocket scientist. And when I, I'm out there and when I am encouraging people, it doesn't matter if they are white, if they are um, Asian, if they are black, if they are uh, Indian, if they mm-hmm. are Middle Eastern, uh, uh, Asian, it, it doesn't matter at all because when it comes down to it, it's, the ability to overcome challenges. It is the mm-hmm. ability to be able to process things in a way where your brain can find the answers. Right. And I'm so um, passionate about sharing what fear is. Uh, what fear does is it activates the reptilian part of the brain, which is the fight or flight response. So, for example, if someone scares spiders, they'll do either two things. They will either try and jump on it to kill the spider or they will run away from it completely because that's what the fight or flight response in the brain does. It's Mm -hmm. a natural response in the brain that is activated to protect someone from harm. And so this part of the brain is excellent if we're in survival mode, if we're in war zones, if we are in dangerous situations. And that's what the function of the brain is, and that's a beautiful function. However, if we're not in a dangerous situation, we're in a classroom, or we're at work, or we are in a situation in which um, there's fear. Mm-hmm. It, the fear cannot distinguish uh, between situations. And what the fear does is it activates this part of the brain and it does something simultaneous. It shuts off the frontal brain lobes. Now, the frontal brain lobes and the reptilian part of the brain cannot operate at the same time whatsoever. When one is on, the other is off. So, for example, if you are scared and trying to run away from spiders, you are not thinking about finishing your math homework. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't care what kind of scientist you are. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the, the frontal part of the brain is turned off. However, if you are uh, working completely with your frontal brain lobe open, you are creating the next complete uh, new... Uh, let's say, electronic system that you're ready to sell to the entire world and make millions of dollars. The frontal brain, a frontal part of your brain is working so much that you literally have no time to be afraid of anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when someone is able to identify when fear is happening, uh, there's four four different fears that I uh, talk about. 
And the first fear that someone has when this reptilian brain is going off and it shuts off the frontal brain lobe is Quincy the quitter. (laughs) Quincy is a person who will see a difficult situation and he will quit before he even tries. Okay. Sorry, Quincy, if there's a Quincy listening. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Quincy is like this, this person Okay, in mathematics, if we're talking about a mathematical educational environment, Quincy is a person who will open up a mathematics book, look at a problem, and he'll think, oh my God, this is too difficult to handle. I'm going to close the book back down and do something else that I feel more comfortable doing. The same Quincy quitter mm-hmm. continues through life if he's never been able to remove that fear. And then he'll go into a work environment and he'll see, oh my gosh, this seems like this is going to be really challenging to go through this particular, uh, to do this particular assignment. Let me procrastinate and do something else and just let me wait to the very last minute so I'm not really thinking about this. Oh, the procrastinator, okay. Procrastinator, I know. And so the second person is Donna, the overdoer. Now, we got, yeah. <laughs> So when I you be a little bit of that overdoer, <laughs> that's like type A personality. The person that has like always has to have something in order, always has to be able to gain her validation through her accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And if she's not able to accomplish something, she turns that into negative self worth. Mm, so that's a big in, one. let's say if it's in a. I said that was a big one, no. a negative self-worth. That's a pretty big boulder. I, I, I know, and it's, but it's so subtle. Uh, for example, if it's, a, if it's a person in a mathematics course, they are a person who uh, tries and tries and studies and memorizes all the formulas, and when the test comes, she answers all the questions, but she doesn't answer the right question. She thought she was answering it correctly, but she didn't understand what was going on. She didn't know the strategy, and she wasted endless time trying to, trying to answer problems that she never completely understood. Mm-hmm. So if we go into the dating world, this is something like, let's say this person grows up and it goes into the dating world, and now this becomes Donna Overdoer. She'll chase and chase and chase a, a guy for her to like him. And overdo it, she'll call him, she'll text him, she'll do too much because she doesn't know the strategy in dating. Oh, yeah, that's doing too much work. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen a lot of people like that, haven't we? Uh, That's doing too much, ladies. That is Donna the Overdoer. Samuel the Struggler is the third type of person. Samuel the Struggler is a person who uh, is very brilliant. Uh, He's like, uh, like a little Einstein. He can understand things. Well, uh, but he has uh, something physical that blocks him from success. Uh, it may be poor eyesight. Uh, it may be uh, a way that he thinks. It may be uh, um, attention deficit disorder. It may be something physical in which he thinks there's something wrong with him because he is different or because he thinks a certain way. And then he becomes angry that people don't understand where he's coming from or how he sees things. So uh, we see a lot of, if this person doesn't have the opportunity to remove this fear, this person becomes very uh, angry in life. Uh, They always believe that uh, people are not seeing their way. Uh, They will 
uh, just be extremely angry because they feel like they've always been wronged to some degree or another. Oh, they're misunderstood, so basically. That, mm-hmm. So, so uh, that is Samuel, the struggler. And then the last person is Crystal, the criticizer. Uh, she'll point fingers at every single person to avoid becoming a bit beginner again. Uh, and so, like, so, let's say if it's an educational setting, she'll point fingers. She goes, well, the tutor showed me the wrong way to do it. That's why I failed the test. Or the teacher didn't know what she was talking about, so I don't feel like going to class anymore. <laughs> but if, if this isn't completely removed, that fear is removed, it turns into crystal to criticize as an adult. She'll, mm-hmm. she'll gossip. <laughs> she, okay. she will uh, point the finger that uh, in a workplace, she'll say, well, the, it wasn't done because this person didn't do their job, and so I, I am not responsible. Uh, this person is a person that uh, doesn't know how to become a beginner again because this person has found their self-worth on being able to identify themselves as a competent one. So when they do something which they don't know how to do, they don't feel comfortable and that fear creeps up and then until they learn to become a beginner again once they learn how to become a beginner again that's when the fear is completely removed and they can go towards success oh okay great great i hope you guys are taking good notes here on the four parts of fear (laughs) and we're going to take another quick commercial break and more with our guest today so you guys can reprogram your brain to overcome fear be right back Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. We're all living in the moment, but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn. It doesn't have to be a challenge, but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be. On The Sky's the Limit, host Karen Levitt knows that experience, having faced it herself. Learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now. Her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles. Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. 
Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people, your environment, fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. We are back with our guest, Olympia, today. She is the rocket scientist. And just before the break, if you're just now tuning in, I encourage you guys to listen to the replay, which should be up um, after our live segment today. Listen to the replay right before the break. We were talking about, you know, what happens to the brain when you are in flight or flight mode, basically in survival mode. And we did a few key topics here on the You're Not Alone show when adversity strikes you, you're dealing with some sort of curveball or boulder of adversity, some sort of challenge or circumstance or situation that life, you know, presents to us all because none of us are ever immune to life's challenges. I call this being paralyzed in the quicksand of adversity. And it almost in parallel with Olympia was saying when you know, our brain is frozen in the reptilian part of our brain, we don't tend to operate in the rational parts of our brain. So Olympia, can you expand a little bit more on that when people are paralyzed, when something happens to them, this quicksand of adversity, kind of like being in quicksand, you tend to overreact to things and you're moving your arms and legs quickly. And the next thing you know, you're actually sinking deeper and deeper into quicksand as opposed to going the opposite direction of getting out of your adversity, what can people do when they're stuck and in survival mode? Oh, great question. First, if you're stuck in survival mode, uh, uh, that's when you call for Mayday. You ask for help. Asking for help is one of the best, best situations to do. Um, if we look at people who have just come back from war zones, uh, studies have shown that they typically still have the cortisol being released in their brain that signifies uh, complete stress. And although they may be completely out of the war zone in a completely safe environment, still things will trigger them to be able to think of that that type of toxic thought of survival. Uh, something may happen like a door may shut, a slam, and, or something may fall off from a chair or a desk and immediately the bang sound or the, the dropping book or, or the door slamming will immediately will trigger a, a memory in someone's brain that would, uh, that would make it very difficult for them to, 
to succeed. Uh, for example, I remember in fourth grade, I had a teacher. I call her Mrs. Subtraction just to just because I never wanted to say her real name. So this subtraction uh, would penalize people and make them feel bad if they got the wrong answer. Instead of saying, like, if someone was wrong, uh, instead of saying, no, not quite right, think Mm -hmm. again, you almost have it, she would say, you're wrong. You're wrong. And so people would internalize that. And at the time, I internalized it. And so every single time I would raise my hand up and I was wrong, quote, I put quotes in wrong, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't wrong, the answer was incorrect. Um, yeah. I, every time I would raise my hand a certain way, I, I, that actually triggered my brain to start thinking I was wrong. And it was oh, amazing because that wow. type of physical movement then followed me later on in life as, as I would play volleyball for at one particular angle, my and my hand would get stuck, and I had no idea that it was actually triggering from a past event that happened years ago that I had no idea that was triggering that. So mm-hmm. and when we're in that mode of, of complete uh, panic, uh, fear, helplessness, we have to ask for help. And there's three areas that are most efficient in asking for help. One, mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot stress this enough. I cannot stress this enough. Every single one of us needs someone to guide us in a particular area when we are un not, we are when we are not knowledgeable of what our choices are. We will be in a maze and we'll be completely turned around. And unless someone has gone through the maze before to know that over there, five feet up. Mm-hmm. Two doors down, mm-hmm. when you make a right, you'll be able to go into another area where it has air. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I so absolutely agree. We do not have someone who's gone through the maze before or gone through a similar maze before. We will get frustrated and we'll be literally going around in circles in the same maze. And the same maze is our thought process. Mm-hmm. So when we have a mentor to help show us about how to rethink about how to uh, introduce new thoughts about a particular situation, we then are literally traveling down a new pathway in our, in our brain. Literally, we are creating new neuron transmitters with different thinking. Uh, right. The mentors uh, say if you're wanting to start a business, go to a, a score coach or, or go to a coach that is uh, able to assist you with uh, determining uh, what website to build, uh, if it should be an S corporation, a C corporation, or a sole proprietorship. People who are able to tell you information, because once you have more information, it then triggers your brain out of the fear mode. Mm-hmm. So the first type of people I would recommend are mentors. The second type are counselors. And I cannot stress this enough. Counseling, people who go to counseling are smart people. People who go to counseling are smart people. And this is psychological counseling. And what this does is it shows us when we are sitting down with a person who can understand how our brain works and understand the history of our lives, we then become aware and conscious of what we have been doing pattern-wise in our own life that has stopped us from growth. Uh, Typically, when we're in a very stressful situation, 
we it's repetitive. Um, the part of the fight or flight response is doing things that are repetitive. Like for example, people would not be aware of this, but when people text on the phone or often have to pick up their phone to text, it's activating the fight or flight or fight or flight mode, which is like a habitual type of like addiction type of situation where it's survival. You have to be able to look at your phone, or you have to be able to look at your email, or you have to be able to do something in order to feel okay. So. When we have that type of response of having always to do something in order to feel okay, that is when we are not growing. Oh, I'm okay with just so, doing nothing. We are all in some category. Every human being is in some category like this. And it, it, they may be growing in one area, but an area they're not. So... The trick is to maximize the amount of areas you're growing in and how to rely on yourself and the right type of resources in that environment. So when we go to counseling, we're able to identify the patterns that we've had in our life and break them. When we're able to break a pattern, it is when we have turned a subconscious knowledge into a conscious one so we can then make a decision on where our life is supposed to be. Uh, when I was a rocket scientist, and, and people always say, once you're a rocket scientist, you're always a rocket always. scientist. So it's so funny. <laughs> uh, when I usually say when I was a rocket scientist, the people say, you still are, you still are. Uh, when I was in doing launching, I remember sitting in these rooms with these, these individuals, and they were brilliant. And I questioned whether or not I was even competent to be there. And, and I was. I ended up winning uh, national awards in, this, in the process of, of creating and building and designing new rockets. But at first, I had to make the decision to, to stick it out. Wow, you made it, a decision. It was decision. very competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not one of the situations where you can just like breeze into work. Every single second was intense because you were solving problems and it was, it, you had to solve problems and you had to explain your results mm-hmm. and make it so clear that you had to either launch or not. <laughs> wow. And so it was a very intense process. And when I first started, I had was crippled with fear. And I talk about this in my TED talk. I was sitting in this room. I was the youngest person there, and I was the only woman, and it was it was intimidating at first. And I heard all these words I didn't know. I heard FSME, ITAR, X thirty three. I heard all these type of of words I didn't even know what they meant. <laughs> and and I was sitting in this room, and everyone knew what was going on, and I remember gasping and swallowing and gulping air and thinking to myself, oh my God, what am I doing here? Like <laughs> in here? Because I didn't understand everything at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was at that moment where it was this epiphany that came in my brain where I realized I, I was able to get through so much. I was able to uh, get out of the environment that I was in uh, with the poverty, get out of gang violence from that happened in the classroom. I was able to overcome and be the first person in my family to go to go to college. I was able to finish college, but been paying for it on my own. And I thought I've gotten through all of that. 
and I think I can't get through this. <laughs> That's where you are. And, and that was the epiphany moment for me when I realized, wait, I have a choice. I can choose to succeed. Mm, that's very I powerful. can yeah. choose, choose to, to succeed. succeed. I've got to find out how I can. And that that moment in time, I was conscious that a fear was stopping me, and I was now conscious that I had a choice. And so I really enjoy uh, the counselors because they help you understand what your choices are are. And for you to understand what your choices are, you have to be conscious of what fear has held you back. And then the last way I would recommend, it, this might sound counterintuitive, but it actually deals with a, 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 a way of innovation, is physical movement. I know that might sound odd, but when anyone is in a particular situation that's very stressful, a sport whether it be biking, whether it be volleyball, whether it be uh, walking, hiking, uh, taking a new class uh, with uh, uh, Taekwondo, let's say, or any mm-hmm. type of martial arts, anything, or even a dance class. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it just inducing, like, the good chemicals in your brain? Isn't that what it's doing? Yeah, what it's doing is because you are moving in a new way, there's a complete one-to-one mapping about the brain and different areas in the body. And let's say our brain may be stuck in, in trying to figure out a solution and we can't figure it out and we are frustrated because we don't have the answer yet. Sometimes physical movement literally jumpstarts the brain to start reshaping itself. And, and that was the most fascinating thing that I learned. And it was actually through the episode three on my Answers Unleashed uh, talk show. I had a kinesiologist on the show, and he was talking about how when you move certain joints in the skull, that actually triggered areas in the body to relieve pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as the same token is, as we move different areas in our body, it then sends a message back to our skull and our brain to start reshaping. Ah. And so uh, that actually activates awareness, awareness in the body and brain. And yeah. so those, those three ways are actually ways in which I, I highly recommend. Well, in, I completely, um, totally agree with that. What you said to... You know, one way to get out of that paralyzed mood in the quicksand of adversity is, one, to ask for help. And in three ways that you recommend is asking help through mentors and coaches, uh, two counselors, and three, uh, physical movement. Now, diving a little bit deeper with your three key decisions to overcome fear, I remember you saying, one, to name your fear, to you know, name it and reject that fear, basically facing it, and two, reprogramming your brain with new thoughts, and three, action, kind of like what you said earlier with uh, physical movement. But going back to number one, when you said to name and reject your fear, what does that look like? I mean, for somebody who's terrified, um, obviously, because it's a fearful situation, how would you recommend um, some practical tips on somebody facing their fear? Okay. That's a great question. 
Uh, if someone is really scared of a fear, what they first have to do is, is uh, as I, I mentioned before, understand which category are they in. Are they Quincy the Quitter? Are they Donna the Overdoer? Are they Samuel the Struggler? Are they Crystal the Criticizer? Mm-hmm. And then once they decide or, or figure out which one they are, and if you ever want to figure out which one you are, they, I have actually a test on mathophobia.com, and so you can actually find out which one you are. And it, it applies to mathematics education, but it's really to anything in life. So you can actually oh, take, we gotta take the quiz and figure out which one you are. <laughs> okay, we'll take the quiz. <laughs> so uh, the first thing is you find out which one you are, and the second is you have to write down literally the thought that is in your mind when you start becoming afraid. It's literally, you have to write down that thought. And once you write it down, you then get it out of your system. It, it sounds kind of strange, but it works. I don't think it's strange. It's, so it's like the power of journaling. When, yeah, when, when you write journal. it down, like for example, like uh, someone may think that they will never be able to get out of debt. So the fear is, I am not going to be able to get out of debt. Mm-hmm. So they'll write that fear down. Or the fear may be, I am not going to be able to pay my rent this month. All right? So these are real serious fears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One is not as much uh, in severity as the other, but these are real fears. So you have to write that down. Then you have to actually literally take that fear and reject it. And you have to say, no, I, I no longer will choose to think this way. And you literally have to, once you write on a piece of paper, draw a line through it and you then replace it with another thought. Mm-hmm. So when you reject the fear, you have to reprogram your brain with different thoughts in that step too. So for example, if someone thinks I'm never going to be able to get out of debt, they'll have they they would literally have to think this. I will find ways to bring in new money for myself. Mm. I will find ways to bring in new money for myself. And uh, uh, that the fact when you say I'm able to bring in new money for myself, new is indicating it's from a source in which has not been available to you previously. Mm-hmm. New means it can come from any way. It can come from your talent. It can come from additional resources. It comes from something in which you will be introduced to. So by making that choice of reprogramming with a different thought, you are now allowing things and situations to enter your life so new income can come. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what that will be. And, and that's not our job. We can create plans. We'll like create plans to go back to school. They get another mm-hmm. degree. Or we can go uh, and look for other jobs to be able to get that. But we don't know how it's going to come. You may be walking down the street one day and run into a friend that you haven't seen in 20 years from high school and say, oh, I'm working over at this company and they're looking for new people. Why don't you come over here and check it out? Right. And I think that's a, a good practical step and tool to implement when you are paralyzed in that quicksand. Okay, what is the first thing that I can do and implement right now? And um, it's like the power of journaling. You first write down and recognize those thoughts of fear. 
and like you said, replace it or turn it around with positive new thoughts. Kind of like when you have um, affirmations, when you see it, you hear it, you say it out loud, and you um, begin to believe it in your brain as well. Yes. Yes. And that's the power of what we call neuroplasticity in neuroscience. When we actually are become, when we become conscious of there's a choice factor and that we can choose to have fear or we could choose a different route, the fact that when we decide to journal it out, replace the thought and actually physically say out loud the new thought, instead of having the old thought replay in your mind, you literally have to physically say out loud your new replaced thought, I will find new money and I will bring in new money for myself. The fact that you are speaking it out loud as well as thinking it, as well as moving while you sit, you say it regularly. So as you're walking, you say it. As you're sitting down, you say it. As you're picking up things from the grocery store, you say it. As, as you are moving, as you are breathing, what happens mm-hmm. in, the, in the neuroscience is that the act of repetitively stating a new state, in addition to moving, physically moving your body in all these different areas, presents you with an, new pathways in your brain that literally open up and develop so there can be energy that transfers from one neuron to the next. When someone literally says this new thought process out of their mouth, and not only do what they normally do, but specifically what I call the third step, take action in direct opposition to fear, that's when the brain completely reshapes and it actually attracts opportunities in our life. Mm-hmm. And a perfect example, if you are uh, needing to get out of debt, you need new money, and you're like, okay, I've got to find some way to bring in new money for myself, and then you realize, all right, I'm, I'm going to bring in new money. You're cleaning the dishes. I'm bringing in new money. I'm going to find a way to bring in new money. <laughs> you go <laughs> to the grocery store. I know I'm going to bring in new money. I know I'm going to bring new money. Mm-hmm. You know, you go, and then the thing that you might be scared of the most, which is, let's say, if you are in a situation where you are scared you don't have enough money for things, you literally, that's the third step where I talk about taking direct opposition to your fear, you will literally write a check towards a bill or towards something that you think that you can't afford, but you do it anyway because the faith part of your brain is deciding to bring in new money. And when you take that leap of faith, and and that's what basically it is, it's a leap of faith when you do something, when you take every single bit of your being to do something Mm -hmm. in which you are so scared to do, that's when your life unleashes itself. Wow. Olympia, I wish we had more time. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I wish we had more time. Where can you direct our listeners to find out more about what you're currently doing and more about your work to follow you? Oh, great. Uh, You can always follow me on olympialapointe.com, O-L-Y-M-P-I-A-L-E capital P-O-I-N-T.com. You can find me on Facebook, 
facebook.com slash Point, and you can always visit uh, my talk show, which is AnswersUnleashed.com to get all these great ways to reshape the brain. Alrighty, everyone. I'm April Joy Ford here on Voice America with You're Not Alone. I share my story and the show so that others can share their story and have their glory so others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith, and I give my love and light so others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone. Stay tuned for another episode next week here on Voice America, and I'll see you guys then. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April Joy Ford next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.